Hello, everybody. This is Andre. Welcome to the Marketing Innovation Show. Here with us, we have the one and only Bart Dalton, straight out of the UK. Hi, Bart. How's it going? It's going great, Andre. How are you, man? Very good, very good. Early morning. So, guys, as a quick background for Bart uh, and a quick intro before I let him <laughs> say more. So, Bart is the is a number one best-selling author um, with Grow, Sell, and Retire. One of his uh, very great books on uh, you know investment retiring and so on which he will talk a lot about in the next couple of minutes um he's also a serial entrepreneur and uh, angel investor into a couple or uh, quite a few <laughs> businesses here in the uk but not only um but without further ado bart uh, do you want to tell us a bit more about what you do and uh, your thing everything i do andre thanks for having me on the show is uh, based around the entrepreneur so everything's about wealth and i think that and i put it on my website because i believe in it is wealth is uh, the ability to create experiences for your family for your friends for your clients all that type of stuff and people that are wealthy have had a, a huge amount of experiences in their lives um so when it comes back down to what, what i do financial advice is my background so I, I deal in pensions retirement plans all that type of stuff super boring but super essential. It's kind of like your health. Nobody wants to talk about your health, but everybody needs health, you know, which we're, which we're finding right now in the, in the world that we live in. Um, but then that, le- that financial advice led me into helping some of my clients sell their businesses. Mm-hmm. And when, they're, when they were selling their businesses to bring me their money to invest, they had advisors that thought about the business and selling the business, but they didn't think as much about the entrepreneur. So my whole ethos was getting back to that wealth and it's not just about the money. So we then started our consulting business, which we've consulted and and dealt with about 250 companies, small to one man bands to 500 person companies, helping them either build their sales funnels, uh, build their marketing, help their directors and, and things like that. Think about wealth, not just going to work every day. Mm-hmm. And right now when we're, I mean, I don't want to time date this, but we're in the stay at home phase. People are really trying to figure out who they are, what they are, and what they're doing. And so my growth, sell and retire book really came, it's coming to light because people don't know, they want to grow as people, they want to grow as businesses. Like you and I talk about with your clients is making sure that people are know where they're going for the next step. And retirement mm-hmm. looks so different. I think now that people are stuck at home for a long period of time, I don't think that they're as excited about retiring, putting, kicking their feet up and just staying at home because right now you're forced to do it. When you have the choice to do it, what are you, you going to do then? So I do lots of stuff and we'll, we'll, we'll kind of go on further, but I think it's, it's, this is less about me, but more about the energy that we can bring to the audience. Mm-hmm. Super, super good. Okay, so the subject for today uh, is marketing and branding for startups. What do investors look for? And here I would like you to, you know, uh, I would like to pick your brains a bit and um, go into the sort of detail of what you are looking at from an investor's perspective and what your network is looking at when you guys are looking into acquiring new businesses, uh, valuing businesses, as well as investing in new businesses. I know that you also have uh, in Birmingham uh, business and sort of Dragon's Den type of business that you launched. So I would love to for you to tell us a bit more about that one, how it came to life and what you guys are looking at through that program when you are evaluating businesses. So um, can you give us a bit of the... <laughs> so so I'll, I'll kind of run through you and, it's, and I sound like I'm all over the place, but all of my stuff based, is based around the entrepreneur and you want to know how to make sure that investors are looking at your business. So as an investor, 
as a person that trains businesses to make sure that they're investable, and I call it investable because I run the bull ring. So the bull ring is our kind of our dragon's den here in, in Birmingham. Mm-hmm. And I want to make sure people are investable, and that's B-U-L-L. That's my marketing, if you want to call it that. But I want to make sure that when you're looking at the marketing, we want to have a concise message. We also want to know who you're competing against. We want to know how big that market is and how easy they are to approach. Because mm-hmm. just like you know, when it comes to pay-per-click or SEO or any of these other optimization engines or ways to get in front of eyeballs, is you need to figure out how much it's going to cost you to do that. So as an investor, I want to make sure that you know how much it's going to cost you to get each pound that you're going to return back to me. So if I'm going to, if you're going to ask me for a hundred thousand pounds, I want to know how fast, how real it is that you're going to get it back or what the next stage is. Because if you're asking me for a hundred thousand pounds and we're going to become big, we're going to become an Uber, a Lyft, uh, you know, Amazon, yeah, whatever that's just pipe dreams. Mm -hmm. But I want to know what our plan is to either steal somebody else's clients get new clients or create a new genre and how much is it going to cost us to do that? Because your first ask of me or my investors or my group of people that I'm going to go find money for, it is going to be what's the next, next ask. It's going to be, okay, the hundred thousand pounds, that's great because all we're doing is proving that Andre's business can do this, this, and this. When we're going to go make real money is when we go out for the 2 million, 5 million, 10 million pound ask. Mm-hmm. So, that's that's what I look for as an investor. What you need to look for as a, as a scale-up or a startup or whatever else it is, is when do you feel comfortable? When do you feel wealthy? So if if you're right now making 30,000 pounds a year and you say, oh my gosh, it'd be great if I had 50,000 pounds a year, do not go out and seek investment. Mm-hmm. Don't, you're wasting your time. Do not do it. Go find a job or go find something that you can do. If you want to go big and have lots of people and have a legacy, that's when you go out and seek investment. Going from 30000 to 50000 a year in income for you, it, don't ask for money. You're just going to owe somebody. They're going to come into your business. And they're going to own you. Yeah, if so the stress want, is too much, I guess. Yeah, the stress is too much because you're not only are you having to feed yourself, that, find that extra 20,000 pounds. And like in your business, 20,000 pounds for you is two or three clients. You don't need a hundred thousand pound borrowing to to find three clients. It's really about when I'm looking at investing, I'm looking at you as as the business owner. So you need to think about that yourself. Do you have the right knowledge? Do you have the right industry experience or or idea? Or maybe your family was in that, or you used to work in a restaurant and this pizza cutter would have made my life so much easier. And now we're going to invent pizza cutters. What, whatever it is, you need to be able to prove to me that you've got the energy, the drive, and the understanding of how to get to a market. But the biggest thing, and I think this happens every time, and I was on a call yesterday with, with five of the biggest people from the gaming industry in the UK that have created Crash Bandicoot, created all these different types of things for Sega, everything else. And their biggest thing with their problem with their investments is that the entrepreneur that asked for the money didn't listen. So their failures happened because they brought in this money and they brought in this expertise and they didn't listen. The successes happen when everybody works together, especially with the investors. Sure. So when you're taking money, there's active money and passive money. Active money 
when you're starting out is the stuff that you want. You want somebody that's, and this is where crowdfunding is, is, is a great thing, but it's a bad thing. You get lots of little drips of people that are going to talk about you, but you don't get somebody that's going to say, you know what, Andre, I was in marketing for 15 years and I'm going to introduce you to three people that are going to take our investment and make it grow. Mm -hmm. So that active money, the early money, if you can find active money, people that are going to participate, love you, take you, introduce you, be your financial mentor, take you forward. That's the type of money you should be looking for. Mm-hmm. So, so making you investable. Sorry, go ahead, Andre. Uh, just to clarify a bit for the audience, because uh, so the way that our audience is split is we have the entrepreneurs and also we have the marketeers, but some of the marketeers are also entrepreneurs. So uh, just to, to just to make sure that is very clear to them. So um, basically, it's also important not to look only for the money. First of all, to only look for the money if your plans are big, not if you are looking to run a one-man band or a two-man band, band kind of business. And then also, it's very important that... Um, is not only the money, but also the network of the investor, right? And the match. Correct. Correct. And it's really that. And it doesn't matter. This, this also doesn't matter if you're looking for money or if you're looking to grow your business. So I think that, and I, I break things down in my first book was True Gravity, which is all about your network. And so True Gravity was all about energy, time, and focus, ETF. That's the only things you, can, you, can, you have in your whole world. You have energy, which is your your power. Energy is also your resources, your cash, all that type of stuff. You have time. How much time can you spend on that? And your focus. So your focus, if you're a marketeer and you're taking things forward, your focus is, are you going into the medical sector? Are you going into lawyers? Are you going into whatever this is? And you become amazing at that. I mean, you have your travel industry book. That, that's a great niche. So if you can nail three niches, if you can nail three things that you are known for, dentists and travel agents and lawyers, boom, you know, they have lots of money. How hard is it to get it out of there? Right now, travel industry, you're probably stuffed. But outside of that, you, you have those things. So as a business and startup and a marketeer, your people that are buying from you, your clients are also going to want to know that you're successful. They're also going to want to know that you're good. So mm-hmm. you need to be investable also. Doesn't mean that you have to look for money. You just have to be investable because when people know that you are in desire from other people and they want your marketing or you've done some amazing things, they're going to want to buy you, which they mm-hmm. buy you is how they pay you. So then you can put money in your bank. So mm-hmm. it, no matter whether you're a startup in, in looking for money or you're a startup business, so you're selling to people, you need to do all these things. You need to become, and this is what my gross selling attire is about, is you need to become investable even if you don't want money. Mm-hmm. Okay, and uh, if we were to go back into the marketing and branding bit in the context of seeking investment or yes. in the context of wanting to grow and to attract people to you that are maybe, because like, this also I think applies to attracting the right team members or attracting even the right partners for external promotion like PR or, you know, press attention. And so depending on the niche, um, would you say that branding should come before uh, the lead generation bit? So do they have to brand before that or do they have to do it uh, at the same time? It's a great question. And people do this all the time. In the beginning of your business, depending on on which business you're in, but in general, 90% of all businesses out there are sales businesses. Sales businesses have to prove traction. They have to prove knowledge. They have to prove that they have clients before they can become a marketing company. 
Mm -hmm. So you have to have somebody to pay your bills, to do all this stuff, to prove that you know what you do before you can go to a marketing exercise and a, and a proper branding exercise. So it, it might be two or three clients. It doesn't have, I'm not, I'm not saying that as a marketeer, you shouldn't just go and start marketing and prove that you can market yourself, mm-hmm. but you need to prove that your marketing works, that people will buy from you or from what you do. So the first branding that you have is your personal brand. And your personal brand, and I say this when, when you're out there, is your brand is what people say about you when you're not in the room. Yep. So it's, and that's not new. Everything that I'm talking about here, it's just an amalgamation of all the things that I've ever learned. Mm-hmm. So it's, you need to make sure that you know what you're selling and that will build your brand. And I know you talk about this because we've walked through this with some of your clients and some of the stuff that we've talked about yep. is you need to build the story, don't you? You mm-hmm. can you can have a story in your head, but your story in your head doesn't always work out. It's what does your story look like when you've then applied it to a client or one of an industry or whatever else it is that you wanted to work in or work with? That's when your brand starts to build. So mm-hmm. it's sales first, and it doesn't have to be long period of sales, but sales to branding to marketing. Mm-hmm. Got so, you. That's that's where that that's what I would say. If you're looking at that in the context of a business, that sales you need to prove traction first. You know, you can have a great idea and call it the best thing ever, best sliced bread. It's a, you know whatever it is, but until somebody's eaten it, bought it from you, you it's only best sliced bread in your mind. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, until somebody <laughs> until somebody else says Andre makes the best sliced bread in the world, then you've started to get branding. Got you. Okay. Um, and also there's another thing that just uh, sparked into my mind now. So, you know, when you are in the beginning, it's, it can be hard to get those first initial paying clients, which obviously they are important to prove that somebody is willing to pay money for your thing so yes. that you can go out for investment. Um, so would you recommend, uh, or what's your view on businesses or agencies or people working for a discount or for a fee to build their initial portfolio before going out and selling more or, you know, going for investment or whatever that next action would be? Um, I think you need to prove that your market will buy at your price point. Yeah. Because if you discount, which you can discount, I'm not saying that, but you need to prove that it's at your price point mm-hmm. or you need to have a plan where a freemium to mid price to full price Mm-hmm. Your model and your sales funnel works, mm-hmm. but your pricing structure or your pricing strategy is perfectly fine. However, whoever's taught you or whoever you've learned from or whatever website you've gone to, pricing strategy is okay as long as you can find the money. Mm-hmm. Everything, everything is about finding the money. So mm-hmm. if you're going to go chasing lots of one pound notes, then that's very difficult. You yeah, know, for sure, for sure. So, so you have to find where the money is and then you have to find how hard it is to get in there. So your barriers to entry mm-hmm. is who are you competing with? Because if you're going to go to be an online retailer, you're either going to have to partner up with Amazon or go against Amazon, or you're going to have to partner up with eBay or go against eBay. Mm-hmm. So which one is it? You know, yeah, yeah. It, it's either with them or against them. Against them is much more expensive when it's a bigger section. Because mm-hmm. even though most people think that they've created a new segment or a new market or a new whatever, all they've done is smash together a couple of other markets or, a, or they've accessed, you know, you call it share of wallet. 
all they're doing is stealing one pound from somebody else's pounds. If you're creating a, a gym, then you're only competing against personal trainers or you're competing against with somebody, a running club outdoors or, you know, it's so overall, when we, when we start to look at your sales methods and how you're working, I almost say never discount, not, not on the headline mm-hmm. because then you're just setting, you're setting the price standard going forward. Yeah. My question comes, uh, so we had quite a few discussions, mainly since the economy started to go down and we saw two cases. So one of, obviously the people that uh, saw in this an opportunity, but they wanted to grow fast and to take advantage now of the opportunity to call it so. And also the people that had to suffer, maybe close down for a while uh, and that were trying to either go online, but they never really did it, which is the case of many, many businesses or, um, wanting to see how they can basically relaunch maybe in a new niche or kind of bouncing ideas around that. And it was, uh, okay, but we don't have that much social approval or, you know, we don't have a portfolio of clients to show it. And if we show the portfolio of clients, won't our competitors come and steal them from us? And then it was that discussion around, should we, or should they actually, uh, should they um, maybe offer a special price to some more clients so then they can build a portfolio and then go up? to their normal pricing or stuff like that? So I, I would say that I can understand that. So the thing the thing your discount is doing there for me is your discount is cutting into your marketing budget. So you've essentially taken your marketing budget and instead of spending more money on marketing, you've taken your 20% discount and that's just, that's your marketing budget. So mm-hmm. if you say our normal price is this, we've discounted it to this because we're trying to increase our market share. Mm-hmm. All the stuff I'm talking about right now is is ideal and where you want to go to. But if you need to fill the bank account, if you need to pay bills, then you need to get whatever you can get in the door. So mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not trying to be idealistic and say never discount. If you mm-hmm. have to pay bills and you need to land clients, that's that's good. But once you start down the discounting route, you stay there all the time, mm-hmm. and it's hard with current clients to go higher. So when you're then going to raise your prices again, you either need to be amazing or you need to find new clients, which is another marketing exercise. Mm-hmm. So it's much easier to sell more stuff to clients that already like you. Yeah, that's true. And so that's so when we look at it, discounting is, is doable, but it's an evil slippery slope that if you start to do it, then people expect it and that's your new price. Mm-hmm. And also, you don't want to go into a price battle because it's always going to be somebody cheaper than you. So it's a race to the bottom. The discounting is a race to the bottom. And if you cannot make the money at the price point that you believe that you can do it for or your value, then it's probably not an industry for you or go get a job. And I'm not trying to be mean or anything like that, but for the, you know, as an entrepreneur in two countries, that it's difficult. There's lots of hard slog. There's lots of pitfalls. There's whoever saw a, a, a world closing disease or virus come through. No, nobody had that predicted. I mean, they had it predicted, yeah. but people are predicting a comet hitting the ground. People are present, predicting zombie apocalypse. People are predicting, you know, and, and one day they might be right. So, you know, people were predicting this, but did they know when it was going to happen, what it was going to do to the world? No, it, it, no, nobody did. So when you're looking at pricing, building your, your structure, if you're using it as test to put out a new product, a new package, 
yes, test it out at, at a discount, but know and highlight it that this is returning to, this is only for a week, this is only for the first three clients, this is only for this. Mm-hmm. Make sure that they know that the normal price is this. Because mm-hmm. they know that once that sticker comes down that says we're back to normal prices, will they still buy it? Mm-hmm. Got you. That's and, it. And now moving to uh, another question, which would be, so let's say uh, you just invested into a new business. So this is a startup, let's say. Yes. Um, they may have one or two clients uh, and they want to scale up. They want to take advantage of the current situation maybe. So they want until summer to you know be two levels up. Um, what would be the first marketing thing you'd be looking at for them? What would you prioritize? If I was, and this is, I think piracy is the best form of flattery. So you look at your competitor or you look at the, the, your, your demographic, the targets, your target demographic, where they're shopping, what they're looking at, what they're doing. Look at the marketing of the, the big guys that you're competing against mm-hmm. and go out and mimic something that they're doing because they've spent huge amounts of money to figure out that TikTok is the place to be or that, or that they have to show pictures of geese flying and it has to be a blue color. You know, they've spent huge amounts of money to, to figure out how simple things need to be and go out and model some of them. This is the cheapest way to make sure that if you can smash together a couple of your competitors' ideas into one that you feel comfortable with, you can save a lot of money for marketing and build to where you're going to be the market leader. Very good but point. If you're doing this really quick, if, if you think that you're going to be a, a transportation service, I'll tell you what, I, I would copy what Virgin, I would copy a little bit of what Virgin does, a little bit of what Uber does, a little bit of what Lyft does, a little bit of what, smash it all together into Andre's taxi service, <laughs> smash it together and say, okay, this is what we're going to go to market with. So it's in the beginning, you need to be a gorilla. You need to figure out, you know, that this is, this is why I'm, a, I'm an American citizen and we beat the British in, in the 1700s because we didn't fight in the normal standard form of people marching in a row and shooting guns at you and shooting cannons from behind them. We sat in the trees and everything else and, and fought them and, tried, and, and, and took our country, you know, it's created a country because we didn't fight in the normal way. So when you're starting out and I want to see if I'm investing in you, I want to see that you're, you're doing weird things and not weird, bad, but different things because that, that shows me that you're thinking outside the box, around the box, and you're not going to just take my money. So we go out and get a 2 million pound round and you're going to take and put a million pounds of that to go head to head with eBay. Mm-hmm. eBay's then just going to go, you know what, here's 5 million pounds. And they're going to dump it straight at our marketing budget and just smash us, mm-hmm. you know? So either in, in business, if you're going to be investable and go to that third round, your series B and big, big money, 50 million, that type of stuff and become a big, big company, then you, you, you have to know that you're going to go against the big boys and you're going to have to spend mega money when you're small. I want to see how nimble you are. I want to see that you're investable because I want to see that you can squeeze as much money out of that pound that I'm giving you as you possibly can, because I know that my hundred thousand pounds or 200,000 pounds isn't going to come back very fast. Mm-hmm. Um, it's probably going to go to the next round and I'm going to get diluted. I'm going to get spread out or, or you're going to want me out. So you're going to have to pay, pay me off. So when are you going to do that in three years or five years? 
So mm -hmm. it's getting back to it. I would just going around the marketing or the things that we're doing right now. I wouldn't, I want to see how inventive you are. Got you. Okay. So uh, what we're doing in each episode is uh, draw some points and make them action points for the audience because, you know, it's a lot of information out there. It's a lot of information in this episode, but unless it gets applied, then it's, it might become forgotten. So we want to make sure that people tuning into the podcast uh, get the value and they apply it straight away into their business to some level so that they can, uh, you know, ramp up their uh, their business and their efforts. So um, let's try to see out of what we have discussed now, um, two or three points, actionable points that people can get from this and they can apply straight into their business this week. Perfect. Okay. So things that they want to apply today. First, first of all is um, who is your target market? How much money do they have? Who are you trying to steal? And this is a who thing. So who's your target market? Who's, who's your prime competitor for that market? And how are you going to try to get a little bit of that market share? Mm -hmm. that's, that's, so who, who, how? So you have to draw those up. Who's your, who's your target market? And you need a demographic. You need a, a CEOs of travel agencies of this, of this, of this. And then you need to nail down a market. So you, you have to nail that. And you guys talk about this in marketing all the time, but people don't do it enough. People don't get, because at the startup phase, you need to spend as little money as possible on SEO, PPP, you know, pay-per-click, all that type of stuff. You want to hit the person almost directly. So I'd rather pay five pounds per click and hit your inbox directly because I know you'd buy from me tomorrow than random, random inboxes. Just, it just doesn't make any sense. You need to go from shotgun to rifle. You need to go straight to shooting at exactly the people that you need. Then the second thing, you need to find a partner. Everybody needs to find a partner. Somebody else that's going to be attacking that, that demographic from another angle. Partner up with them. Create a story together. And at best, and this is where my, my true gravity thing came in, if you can find two other people that want to attack the same market, you can save marketing budget. You can cross-reference each other's websites. You can go after the same clients. You can give multiple deals. But if you can partner up, so figure out who you want to approach, who you're going against, and then figure out your team. That's those are the two things that you can do right now. That would be complementary, right? Complementary, yes. Yeah. So if if you're selling if you're selling ice cream, you want to find a cone manufacturer and a refrigerator distributor. You know, so you want to find somebody else if you're selling books you want to find somebody that makes bookmarks and you want to find somebody that delivers coffee so that, that they can drink coffee and read your book and have a bookmark you know you want to you want to find complementary people you don't want to find two accountancy two accountants and go out and attack the market because that's the same thing mm -hmm. you want to find complementary people that can create the same story overall with you so phone phone covers you know, it's like, how do, you, how do you find a phone cover manufacturer that wants to do that? Or how does a phone cover manufacturer find the other person? And then you want to get a screen protector person. So screen protector, back cover, and phone, boom. You've got yourself an overall a team, a power team. Very cool. Thanks a lot. Okay, and uh, one last thing before we wrap up. So uh, you have a podcast. Tell us uh, and tell our audience a bit more about it. Uh, what are you talking about in the podcast and what they can come to you uh, to learn through the podcast. So 
grow, sell, and retire is, is, is all around that. So you want to grow as a person, you want to grow as a business. I've got, I've got ideas around that. Sell, do you want to sell your business? Do you want to sell more stuff? It's, it's all around that. And then retire. I've got, I've got people on there that are retirement gurus that talk about the different ways to retire and having different roles in the community, different ways to make business and also different ways to make sure that you're saving. I've got interviews on there. I've got about 50 interviews and I've got about 50 top tips. So when people want just top tips and you want to refresh things, they're 10 minute episodes on the top tips. They're a half an hour episode on the interviews, but there, there was some great people. I've got um, Nir Yal, who's got the Indistractable. He, he's amazing. He's on there. I've got Shane Snow, who's written Dream Teams um, and Smart Cuts. He, he's amazing. I've got some great authors. I've got the guys that have written The Chimp Paradox. I've got lots and lots of people on there that I've interviewed because I want to make sure that everybody can get to their next level. I call myself a lazy overachiever because I, I, I hate working too hard, but I, I work very hard. But I want to make sure that every hour that I spend makes twice as much money or three times as much money as the next guy or mm-hmm. three times as much wealth because I want to be able to either have more experiences, enjoy more stuff, or have more friends through all the experiences that I have. So grow, sell, and retire. It's on Spreaker. It's on iTunes. It's on everything else. But I think... I just want to make sure that everybody can get to their next level. And I call, I want you to join my lazy overachievers club. <laughs> Thanks a lot for the invitation, man. Yeah, I'm all in. I mean, uh, you know, we've been, we've been talking a meeting and talking about this stuff for a long while. Uh, you also run the private uh, boot camps uh, in Madrid and these sort of other locations. So um, I think it would be very interesting for the people that do want to get in touch with you on the maybe financial and wealth advice or um, maybe uh, asking you for, maybe they have a startup and they would be interested in finding investment and they want to participate in the bullring. Um, where can they find you or when they can, where they can approach you? Thank you so much. That's great. It's a great question. It's really easy. It's bartdaltonconsulting.com. And I, I tell you what, if you can, if, if you go online and you, if you type in BD Dalton or Bart Dalton, Birmingham, UK, because my dad's Bart Dalton also, but if you type in Birmingham, UK, Bart Dalton, and you don't find me, then you're not very good at researching because I, I have so much stuff out there. And if you contact me off of the back of this website, then I will respond to you. I, I'm not, I'm not precious. I want to make sure that I create as many lazy overachievers as possible. Andre, thank you. No worries. And guys, to make it easy for you, you'll have the links all in the description and in the transcript of this episode. So, or uh, if it's YouTube, then in the description there as well. So <laughs> Bart, don't worry, I'll make it easy. <laughs> That's cool. So Bart, thanks a lot for, uh, for joining us today on the episode. It was great to have you here. Um, I'm sure that everybody got a lot of value from here. And guys, if you do want to get in touch with Bart now, uh, you'll have every, everything in the description below. Uh, Bart, have a top time and I'm really looking forward to meeting again. Hopefully soon. Let's see when they let us out of the houses. <laughs> It'll be great. No, I can't wait to have a beer and, and catch up or a beverage. Sorry. Yeah, a beverage <laughs> or two. Cool, man. Awesome. Have a nice one. Uh, guys, I hope you enjoyed uh, today's episode and uh, see you next time. See you, Bart. See you. Bye.